Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Ohana. And I'm Celine. And welcome back to another news updates at the We Are, we are podcast. podcast. Our timing's always off online. <laughs> yeah. We're filming okay. online this week again because of. Yeah. It was just. Yeah. Okay. So, um, do you want to start us off or do you want me Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to start us off with um, a very important Ukraine and Russia update. So, okay. There are a couple more things going on with Russia and Ukraine, but this is one of the biggest ones because they mm-hmm. struck a deal over grain. So on Saturday, Russia and Ukraine reached a grain deal, which was brokered by the United States and Turkey, which basically means that the U.S. and Turkey like negotiated the deal for the two countries. Um, and this is really this was a monumental thing just because they're in the middle of fighting a war and it doesn't often happen that two countries fighting a war strike a deal and um it's kind of the first time that russia has actually um shown that it's willing to compromise on things or back down a little bit so kiev which is a city in U- in moscow which is is a city in russia are some of the largest and most like grain exporter and during the war the price of grain has suffered a huge increase because um a lot of ports located in Ukraine were or in Ukraine Ukraine sorry Ukraine <laughs> Ukraine were um captured by like Russian force so they weren't the grain couldn't go through so there's been a big problem with like exporting grain um because there was a blockade of the Black Sea um and there's also been a huge food crisis. So the the deal is supposed to basically mitigate the effects of this food crisis and help with exportations of grain. And it aims to inject more wheat, sunflower oil, fertilizer, and other products into the world market and allow Ukraine to restart grain exports from certain points that Russia had control of um, because they had been blocking the access to these ports. Um, and this is a big deal for the food crisis because the UN World Food Program says some 47 million people are now in a stage of quote acute hunger due to fallout from the war um and this is due to many different things like inflation and like higher prices because the war has created things to be priced a lot higher or just like lack of exports from different countries like um big exporters and as part of the deal signed between Russia and Ukraine, grain ships would navigate through a safe quarter in the Black Sea under the direction of Ukrainian pilots, and then it would pass through the Bosphorus Strait, which is like a big shipping corridor, um, in order to reach global markets. Um, but so the Russia and Ukraine struck this deal, and everyone's thinking like, good, good news. But then, just a day after they struck the deal, Russia attacked the Ukrainian port of Odessa, and um, two missiles hit the infrastructure of the port, and they were struck down by Ukrainian's air force. But um, Odessa is a key port for exporting grain in Ukraine. So Russia and Ukraine make this deal regarding grain, how Russia is going to let Ukraine export more grain, and then Russia a day later attacks odessa which is a key port for exporting grain which is it's just a betrayal like striking a deal and then basically slapping ukraine in the face and um people are condemning this actions just because it's like they were making such a breakthrough and now it's just going backward again um Mm And Russia had earlier denied any involvement in the attack, but then a spokesperson for Russia's foreign ministry said that Russian missiles destroyed military infrastructure at the seaport of Odessa, 
So, um, yeah, basically not not good, you know. Uh, they were able to come to a deal, but then it was kind of like that didn't really matter to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, is that all for that update? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So let's move on to another update. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about polio right now. Okay. So it was reported that the first case of polio in nearly a decade was confirmed among a young unvaccinated adult in Rockland County, New York. So polio is like a very, very like widely known disease it was a disease that was very common in the 1900s and it basically was like um sort of responsible for a lot of death and just like illness among everyone especially children it like was known to like greatly affect children and it basically like caused a lot of outbreaks and among children and like people in general and it caused like paralysis and a bunch of long-term effects um but eventually after like the outbreaks were very common like the 1950s and stuff there was a vaccine created and the vaccine created is basically just like an inactive like um polio sort of um like just a vaccine that is injected normally when a person is like a child or even a baby that is supposed to protect you against polio for the rest of your life and it has been so effective like the vaccine has been so effective that there was not one reported case in the u.s in 10 years until now so they don't know much about this case um but they do know that it was from like it was given to an unvaccinated young adult and he um didn't get vaccinated at all and they believe that he got it from someone who had like an active vaccine from another country so in the u.s our vaccines for polio are inactive meaning that they don't actually put like the live vaccine like specimen inside of you but in other countries they still use like active vaccines which is like basically someone who had received a type of polio vaccine that's um like active and like actually gives you like a small like sort of strain I would say of the polio of polio so that eventually you gain immunity but you don't like get any long-term effects um so someone who probably like had that active vaccine probably traveled to the U.S. and came in contact with him and then he got like ill from it um as far as to how he's doing they said he's surviving um and he's actually like okay right now but he did go through like paralysis um and his and his case is no longer contagious so that's like what everyone's thinking about that case so far it definitely is like a big shock just to see that like the first thing happened in 2022 after 10 years so that's like a very very big deal and it's also like goes to show how important vaccines are like you think that like polio is so uncommon these days that even if you don't get vaccinated you would never like be susceptible to anything like that but it just goes to show like how there's so many different ways you could be exposed to something that you thought would like never happen to you and it shows the importance of getting you and your kids vaccinated from like a very early age because if you don't then you know you could end up with polio and go to paralysis like this dude so it's just very important to notice that yeah absolutely i'm getting vaccinated against anything including polio is really yeah it's a definitely a very uh what's the i don't even know what word i'm looking for but yeah (laughs) it's important um are you ready for the next update yeah go ahead all right 
So the next update is about Steve Bannon being found guilty. So Steve Bannon is the former advisor to President Trump, who was the former president of the United States before Biden. And he was found guilty of contempt of Congress. Um, And contempt of Congress or contempt of court is basically disobeying a direction ordered by the court. Like, for example, if the court gives you a jury summons in your mail and you just completely ignore that and you don't show up when you're supposed to show up, then you're going to get in trouble because you can't just ignore like an order issued by the court. And he violated a subpoena, which is um, an order by the court to testify and be a witness in a case. And the subpoena was issued by the January 6th committee, which is the committee that's investigating what happened on January 6th, which was such a big deal in our country. It was like the insurrection when people started storming the Capitol because they thought that the election was stolen from President Trump and um, there was a lot of violence. So the committee is basically just looking into that and seeing who's responsible and unearthing facts to figure out what happened, how it happened, and, you know, put people in jail or mm-hmm. punish people who need to be punished. And so the jury for Bannon reached a verdict after almost two days of hearing testimony, and he'll be sentenced on October 21st with a minimum of 30 days in jail. So not too long, but still he's getting punished for it. Yeah. Um, Ben had talked about how he was really heated about the trial, and it seems like he was going to get really, like, mad or passionate about it, but he ended up not actually testifying or offering a defense. So, like, in a trial, the defendant can choose whether or not they want to testify or bring in witnesses. Uh, Like, prosecution has to bring in witnesses to have, like, a solid case, but the defense can just kind of decide, like, oh, we're not going to bring in anyone, and they decided not to do that. Um... And Bannon provided no documents to the uh, January 6th committee and failed to show up for a deposition last year, claiming he was barred from appearing because Trump had asserted executive privilege. And executive privilege is like the privilege of the president, who was Trump at the time of the United States, to withhold certain information for the public. So he was saying that Trump gave him executive privilege and that's why he didn't show up. Um, but U.S. District Judge Carl Nicholas um kind of cast doubt on the claim and Trump's own lawyers suggested that it would not cover executive privilege would not cover Bannon's refusal to cooperate with the committee um and then Bannon's defense attorney Evan Cork sorry wait Corcoran (laughs) argued (laughs) that Bannon had made a mistake and like switched up dates and that's why he didn't show up but you know it didn't end up being a successful case for Bannon and Bannon was mad about it on facts news he kind of lashed out at the January 6th committee saying quote I would tell the January 6th staff right now preserve your doctorate or documents uh because there's going to be a real committee when Republicans take power in Congress so bit of ominous (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, so another, this isn't the only case of this, because another key aide, Peter Navarro, uh, he was like a Trump aide, is actually scheduled to go to trial in November on contempt charges, so it happened again, so yeah. Yeah, I think this trial has like been super big, because everyone's like starting to like there's a lot of evidence that no one knew about before that's like really mm-hmm. shocking i like even like i was just scrolling through instagram and i saw a reel made by someone that's like oh the trump trials are just getting so crazy like i did not expect anything so it's like yeah. definitely prominent on media too i feel like these yeah. trials are a very big deal everywhere yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
And I, I think it's going to, like, definitely sway political opinion somewhat, somehow. Or, like, even just stir the pot. I don't really Yeah, know. no, I, yeah. I agree, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the next update I have is a very, very sad update. But I feel like I just need to talk about it to bring awareness to a certain situation. So recently, it's been all over the news, but... um. A Pakistani influencer named Sonia Khan was murdered by her husband, her ex-husband. Um, and this is like a very like startling case, but it's just common. And I think it's just important to share like the stigmatization of certain things in South Asian culture that has led to like a murder of someone. So let's just dive straight in. So mm-hmm. Sonia Khan was a 29-year-old photographer who recently got divorced from her ex-husband. Um, she is also like really prominent on social media and she actually blew up on her tiktok account recently um for sharing her experiences with her divorce um throughout her tiktoks and just like what we've heard from her family and friends she like basically claimed that he like manipulated and controlled her and he was just like an overall like toxic person so you Mm -hmm. know as she should she decided to get in a divorce to him because you know like when you're in an unhappy abusive relationship you should be able to you know file for divorce and um according to her own posts on tiktok she actually like said that her marriage lasted less than a year before she filed divorce and she said that she like was ignoring red flags and she also said things like um how like because of like the divorce she was treated by her community so she like said in her account that not only was she like you know shunned from her own family like her immediate family but she also said she was called things like a prostitute and that her family never wanted her to come home because of her divorce and like it was just it was just she the mental abuse she faced from her family and just like that community like the pakistani south asian community like did a took a toll on her mental health um so Mm -hmm. using her platform she like used it to spread awareness on like how toxic that community can be for so many different issues especially when it comes to marriage she told Mm -hmm. people to stop ignoring red flags and she stared her struggles with um the south asian community um she basically like harps on how the community rejects divorced women and how they are treated as like used luggage because they got a divorce she like discussed how like this marriage like keeps people in abusive marriages which i thought was like very important just to note like this mindset and the fear of like leaving a marriage even an abusive marriage makes women stay in abusive marriages just because they don't want to be ridiculed by that community um so she like she like definitely like said that the culture was like the biggest contributor to how how her mental health was like you know crashing because of it um so after she got divorced she like moved to chicago in 2021 in june um and you know she was able to spread awareness on her social media and she was like she said she's she's been doing better since she got divorced but her husband you know he like we said before he was crazy and toxic that he actually like ended up coming to chicago from georgia where he lived so he flew across the country and entered her condo in an attempt to quote, salvage the marriage. So he was basically trying to get her back, even though their divorce had already been finalized, which makes no sense. You know, like, it's not like he's she's going to take back him. He's so abusive and just toxic. So he got so, like, upset. We don't know the exact details, but 
you know, she wasn't going to go back to him. So he eventually, like, brought out a gun and shot and killed her. Then he proceeded to kill himself. So the Chicago police actually told ABC News in a statement that the officers arrived Monday afternoon and found Sonia and her husband with gunshot wounds to their heads inside a residence. So Sonia was pronounced dead on the scene and the man was transported to the Northwestern Hospital where he was later pronounced dead. So it just... it's such a devastating situation, but I also hope that, like, because of um, the popularity of this case, that, like, it brings awareness to just, like, how South Asian culture can be detrimental to so many people, young and old, through different things. Like, it, it might be marriage, but it's also, like, a different things like um, just sexism, stigmatization around um, even menstruation, like, mm-hmm. skin color, just so many different things that, like, yeah. are so common in Asian communities that, like, I don't think people really understand that much, um, especially when it comes to marriage. I feel like that's one of the biggest ones. So hopefully um, she rests in peace, and it's definitely devastating, and it never should have happened, but I think it can bring awareness to a lot of abusive situations. So yeah, I agree. Um, it's 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 absolutely horrible. You know, nothing like this should happen. But yeah. if one good thing came out of this, it's that it sheds light onto like how different communities treating issues such as divorce can lead to devastating situations like these. Because in other countries, they're not as accepting as we are, like here in America. Um, of things like divorce which which can lead to a lot of issues for everyone yeah I think it definitely yeah sorry go ahead go ahead (laughs) I think like the the thing that like really you know I feel like people don't know is like of course you know you probably understand that her husband was crazy but like Mm -hmm. the fact that her own family that she was born into called her like a prostitute because of the way she dresses yeah and basically wouldn't take her back because she got divorced from an abusive relationship just goes to show how like terrible some situations can be yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah that's just awful so it is it is yeah uh is that it for this um i think we can end off the first half Stay okay um all right okay. bye bye back from the break welcome back all right all we have right. some more news updates this this half are you ready to start yeah go ahead all right i'll go ahead okay so my next update is about the pope and he's planning to apologize in Canada. So, this week, Pope Francis is traveling to Canada to apologize to Indigenous communities for the Roman Catholic Church's role in Canada's school system. And Canada's school system has taken part in a lot of extremely harmful activities towards Indigenous communities, such as sexual and physical abuse to Indigenous children. Like, many mm-hmm. children died at these schools. They were treated terribly. It was it was terrible, absolutely terrible. And the Catholic Church had a big role in this. And people have been waiting to for the Catholic Church to apologize for the role, and they haven't yet, but they finally are going to. Um, and this whole school system, it was basically like trying to wipe out the population of indigenous culture and make them more accustomed to Western norms, like to suppress their own culture. And the National Commission even declared it to be a form of cultural genocide, which is targeting like certain groups of 
um, certain ethnic groups, which in this place is like indigenous people in Canada. And again, people have been pleading for years for a, an apology from the Vatican, which is a city state inside Rome, um, led by the Catholic Church. And finally, the Pope will be visiting and some people are supportive of the visit, but some people are saying that it's not going to do anything because words can't take back what happened. Um, they can't take back the damage that was already done from the school system. And um, the Canadian government had apologized for establishing the schools 14 years ago and even paid compensation to former attendants. So like people had, who had gone to the school in the past and the Protestant church also issued an apology. So as the Catholic church had stayed quiet while these other institutions and people were apologizing. Um, and since the Vatican had resisted so much to apologize, a delegation rec- representing Canada's three largest indigenous groups traveled to Vatican and they to the Vatican and they basically pressed for an apology. They were like, hey, we need you to apologize for what you did. Um, it, it would be the right thing to do. And finally, Pope is apologizing and that could be a factor in like why, because okay. they visited him. Um, and in Canada, the Pope will travel to two provinces in the Arctic community of Iqaluit. Um, in the trip, but he's also going to be taking it easy due to his doctor's orders because he's facing some health issues. Um, he underwent colon surgery a year ago, and he also suffers from sciatica, which is a nerve condition. So he's not going to be going to a ton of places. He's going to be taking it easy um, compared to other trips he's gone on um but he began began the visit on sunday so the day before we're filming this and he kissed the hand of a residential school survivor as he was uh, greeted at the edmonton alberta airport um by indigenous representatives and then on monday he's going to be meeting with survivors of the site of a former residential school and he's expected to pray and apologize so definitely um sending out a message of apologizing of course it'll never take back again the damage that was done from that school system and how those people were so unfairly treated but yeah yeah that's that's i mean that's definitely just like really sad to see Mm -hmm. especially in like 2022 it's kind of sad to see where some people are still at exactly like shaming other cultures and just the fact that yeah it's taken so long to apologize too. Yeah, definitely. Especially by someone who has so much influence. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, before I go into my next news updates, I actually forgot to do news updates on this, but I actually just want to mention it real quick. So there's like a really big heat wave going on in the US yeah. and Canada right now. Um, and it's like very dangerous because like it heat stroke is like really common, especially in these temperatures. Like my mom and brother recently went to Dallas and they said like it was 108 degrees like every single day. And that's like mm-hmm. not healthy temperatures, even, yeah. you know, even in the colder states, um, like everywhere it's just everywhere's going through a big heat wave there's lots of sun and there's lots of humidity in a lot of places too so especially if you're like high risk and or like an older person or a younger person it's really important just like make sure that you are like have access to air conditioning or if you feel overheated to like 
go to a restaurant that has air conditioning, go to a shop that has air conditioning, or mm-hmm. have something on you that can cool you down and stay hydrated. There was actually like a case I saw where this kid was left in the car in during the heat wave and he died. So it's Whoa. just it's it's really important to make sure that your kids are not you don't leave your kids or dogs or pets or anyone in the car without air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um you you have you're hydrated at all times so you have less of a risk for stroke and you're just keeping yourself like cool because it can be very dangerous yeah okay so that that being said let's move on to a little bit of a pop culture update that i have so um this has been kind of all over like pop culture news i know i've we've kind of been doing a little bit of pop culture updates for the past couple weeks which i think is kind of fun just to include but um j j lo jennifer lopez which is like a very Mm -hmm. famous pop star and now like an actress too she married ben affleck who's also an actor and a very just famous personality um so they actually got married in kind of like an elope situation i mean it kind of depends on how you look at it but they got married in vegas last weekend um they said it was like a rom-com perfect ending to their two decade long courtship and to just like explain that basically she they were first engaged in 2002 like so they were engaged to marry in 2002 but they actually broke things off with each other in 2004 so they were like actually engaged before um, and in between that time, J-Lo actually married Mark Anthony for 10 years and had children with him. And before that, she actually was married twice before. So she's been married before Ben Affleck for a to- total of like three times. And I think she's been engaged like seven or six times. So she's she's definitely like had a lot of experience with like being engaged mm-hmm. and married. Um, but they actually reunited in 2021 after she broke off another engagement to someone else. Um, A-Rod, I think it was. I don't really remember his name. But they got married in 2022. Um, She actually, like, said she commented on their marriage. It was, like, kind of really low-key and no one knew it was happening. So it was definitely a big shock. But she said it was, quote, exactly what we wanted. Last night, we flew to Vegas, stood in line for a license with four other random couples, all wow. making the same journey. One of the couples was, like, a gay couple, and the other one was a couple who made a three-hour drive to, for on their daughter's second birthday to get married. All of us wanted the same thing, for the world to recognize us as partners and to declare our love in an ancient near and nearly universal symbol of marriage. So they said that they, like, barely made it to the wedding chapel, and it was kind of, like, spontaneous, but not really. Um, and they actually wanted, like, Elvis, Pre- like, an Elvis Presley impersonator to officiate, but he was unavailable. <laughs> so they moved forward, and they took taking pictures in front of their witnesses to have and their witnesses were like their kids um they called it a dream wedding and they said they were right when all you all you when they say all you need is love so she seems very grateful and i guess i'm happy for them i mean mm-hmm. it's it, it was it's definitely a unique way to get married with like a random like venue in vegas with an elvis presley impersonator but yeah, you do you, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it, she basically, like, harped on the fact that, like, all she needed was love. Like, she didn't need a big wedding. She just, like, wanted it to be intimate. And so, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's so good for them. For them, yeah. <laughs> all right, ready for the next one? Yeah. Okay, so the next update kind of ties in a little bit to the heat wave Hannah was just talking about earlier. Yeah. There's an oak fire in California. 
So the Oak Fire is near Yosemite, which is a very popular, famous national park in California. Um, And it grew to more than 15,600 acres. And on Sunday, it remained entirely uncontained, meaning that, like, firefighters weren't able to, like, contain part of it, which is not good. Um, And the place Mm -hmm. is moving really quickly across the landscape because it's just been hotter and drier lately. Um, And it's forced over 3,800 people to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying this is like really crazy. Like Cal Fire Battalion Chief Justice Chief Justin McComb said, quote, in my career, I haven't seen a fire like that. And the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, declared a state of emergency, too. Um, and the former vice president, Al Gore, um, warned that, quote, the survival of our civilization is at stake just because our planet is warming so much and because the temperatures are rising so much and it's getting hotter and drier, then fires can spread more and it's harder to to contain them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the high temperatures and strong winds fueled the fire activity. Um, according to officials from California's Department of Forestry and Fire Protection, um, and more than 2,000 people were fighting the blaze along with helicopters, other aircraft, and bulldozers. Um, and it blocked one of the main routes into Yosemite. After, um, so basically, yeah, it's, it's a big fire and it's um, causing a lot of people to evacuate. They're having to block stuff. People are out there trying to contain it. Um, and the Oak Fire sent up a huge cloud so large it could be seen from space. Like, that's pretty crazy just for the like cloud of smoke to be that large um and it's darkened skies and lowered air quality because when there's a fire the the ashes from the fire get into the air which makes it harder for people to breathe so a lot of people with health issues it can complicate that like asthma for example um so it's it's really terrible and i'm hoping people in california can stay safe yeah okay California always has wildfires. I feel like yeah, it's very very common there. Yeah, every time I like hear about a wildfire, it's like in California. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the next and last is it the last update or do you have one? Um, more? I have one more. Okay, so the second to last the last update for me is um about uh like a couple of decisions made in the senate and by the house of representatives um for like a couple of bills so there was like two major like ones that we heard being voted on and the one one of them was the right to contraception act and contraception is basically like birth control um and it's used just like prevent like unwanted births um and then there's also the other one which was basically like a bill or like um an act to protect gay marriages and also just like different marriages as well i think part of it is to protect biracial marriages um so like that's just like the whole part of that um so the stated goal of the right to contraception act by represent kathy manning was to protect an ability a person's ability to act as access contraceptives and engage in contraception and to protect healthcare providers ability to provide contraceptives contraception and information related to contraception so basically that's like a mouthful but it's basically just like protecting your use of birth control and according to the wall street junior the legislation provides like access to everyone including um iud's and emergency contraception um so um this bill like it kind of sounds surprising but a lot of people voted against it in the in the original like i think it was the house of representatives um so 
I think it was voted from a vote to... Mm, let me see. It was... It was, oh my god, why can't I find it? It was right here, but basically, a lot of people voted against it. Like, I think it was over I think 100. it was, I feel like it was 136, maybe, or... Yeah, I think I sent you this update, but um, it was, like, over 100, 195. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so 195 people um in the GOP, which is, like, the Republican Party, voted against the con- right to contraception wow. um and you know you can find a list of their names on um so informed's like instagram page that's where i found this update mm-hmm. but they basically like but it was eventually the contraception act was passed in a 228 to 195 vote meaning that 228 people voted for it and 195 people voted against it so um the people the reasoning for people voting against it was they said that it would like um basically enable people to prevent like it would kind of like promote abortion in a sense um which you know is is an opinion that some of the people who voted against it have um yeah so they basically were like saying that it was not like it was something that they just don't support for religious reasons part of the time and it also is just like something that they don't agree with and they also said it can lead to like people being more reckless with certain things um and can lead to unwanted pregnancies even more because people are just like relying on birth control so that logic is like you know what a lot of them used for it um Mm -hmm. but but it definitely is very controversial but eventually it did get passed another one of like the bigger like sort of things they voted on was the right to same-sex marriage which i talked about Mm -hmm. so basically they this bill was voted on and passed by a vote of 211 to 153 so um you know a lot of republicans voted for in favor of the bill in fact i think 47 republicans voted for codifying the same-sex marriage act um, but a lot of people didn't. Um, 153 people didn't and voted no on it. So it, it just it, it it's like it kind of shows like there is like a big still like a very big sort of um, support gap for same sex marriage and even contraception. So that's yeah. just like interesting to know. I think I honestly was very surprised by it. Me too. I was especially for contraception. Contraception like surprised me more than anything. But oh. Um, the same-sex marriage is definitely surprising. So, in order for these protections of these um acts to like officially be like, um, enabled, they would have to pass like the, they've already passed the House of Representatives, but they are gonna have to pass the Senate. And in order to do that, they have to pass a filibuster. And a filibuster is basically where you need like um sixty percent of the votes in order for it to be accurate. And since it's the powers pretty much evenly split between republicans and democrats that means that they're going to need at least 10 republicans to vote in favor of both of these acts in order for them to pass so we'll see what happens with that and we'll keep you guys updated on anything that goes on i need your help well i'm filming okay why is she (sighs) what do i need to do Help me carry the garbage bag down there. Oh, oh, it's, I made a huge mess. What did you do? Oh. <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> I took his water because I thought it was his food and it spilled. 
everywhere. Well, and it's like under this dirty garbage. It's like a mess. Right <laughs> oh my god. Can you wait a little bit? <laughs> I guess I'll get Ellie to do it. If yeah, wait, happens. why can't Ellie do it? Ellie, She's I'm... not doing anything. She actually is doing it. Hey! Oh. What is wrong with you? I didn't realize. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's just a body. You show half your body anyway. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Can you write <laughs> Oh, I wrote down the time stamp. Okay, good. Oh my god. <laughs> what? I opened my sister's door and she was naked. Oh, lovely. What happened? Did you Teddy's water? I have no idea and I don't want to know either. Okay. Aurelia? Can you be quiet? Okay. Okay. What? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. When so, I start. What? Oh. Okay. Uh, can you write down thirty-six fifty-five? Yeah. All right, moving on to the last update of this episode, which is about Taiwan. So on Monday, which is today, Taiwan's capital staged air raid drills and military mobilized in their military mobilized for routine defense exercises, which is um, a big deal because it's strengthening concerns over a forceful response from China um, from a possible visit by Nancy Pelosi. And Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House of Representatives in the U.S., um, and she's considering traveling to Taiwan, but a lot of people are warning against it. and she's not sure if she's even going to go. And she's also not sure when she would go to. She hasn't confirmed it yet. And Biden also said last week that he didn't believe the trip was a good idea. So she might not end up going. Um, okay. And there's also a threat from China um, if they go to Taiwan. Because when asked what kind of response China was prepared for, they said, quote, if the U.S. side is bent on going its own way, China will take strong measures to resolutely respond and counteract. So... China is ruled by a communist party, and they consider Taiwan, which is self-ruling, to be territory belonging to them. So they want to take control over um, Taiwan, and they might actually annex it in the future. Can you explain what annexing is? Okay, so annexing, like, the legal definition is, like, taking a part of a territory and Mm -hmm. creating it as a part of your sovereign state. So in this context, it would be, like, they take, like, Taiwan and put it make it a part of China right yeah yeah so China has been staging a lot of military exercises and flying warplanes around Taiwan and Taiwan has rejected claims to be ruled by China and they said they'll defend themselves if China tries to annex Taiwan so um now is not a great time just because China wants influence over Taiwan so if Pelosi were to go and visit Taiwan it could be dangerous just because of China like their response to that so we're not entirely sure I don't think she'll end up going but I also don't know like I have no idea so we'll see yeah yeah that's i feel like yeah we've been going through a lot of 
territory issues recently. Yeah. We've been going through a lot of issues, period. We sure have. <laughs> like, yeah. first with Russia and Ukraine and all of that, and now China and Taiwan. Yep. <sighs> yeah. So, that's that's all I have for today. Um, Alright, yeah, that's all I have, too. Do you have any good news? Um... Um... I don't know. <laughs> what about you? Um, we had a bake sale the other day. And oh, right. We were able yeah. to raise some money. So yeah, that was we, good. We raised some money, which is good. And we baked some food. So, yeah. yeah. And that food was good. The leftovers were great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah. that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I have too. So uh, stay tuned for the Friday episode. Check out all our social media at we are underscore youth org. Um, we are underscore youth org. Um, our website is we are dash youth dot org and follow our podcast to stay tuned. Bye. All right, bye.